Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from Scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this episode, we begin a new series that explores one of the Bible's most consistent themes. The pattern of exile and return is found in various forms throughout Scripture. The rhythm of Scripture is a constant reinforcement of the exile and return framework. Early stories like Joseph, Abraham, Job, and Jonah. Parables like the prodigal son and the good Samaritan. Paul's teachings on reconciliation and the promise of revelation. In this series, we focus on how this theme plays out in the Old Testament prophets, beginning with the stories of First and Second Chronicles. The basic theme of exile and return is actually uh, one of the major meta-narratives of the scripture. Adam was exiled from the garden. That's one of the first things that happens is Jesus creates the earth. <clears throat> he walks with, he creates the man. He creates the woman, male and female. He created them and they're made in the image of God. And he puts them to tend and keep the garden. He gives them that, that job and everything's perfect and everything's innocent. And he just gives them one command. And he says, in the day that you break this command, what's going to happen? You'll die. Well, they didn't actually physically die that specific day, but death did come. And they did die. But what did happen that day? They got exiled. And death is, of course, separation. Uh, If your battery dies, that means that the electricity got got, uh, curtailed and it's no longer flowing. We have... uh, a loved one that just passed uh, and the body still around for a little while but the spirit departed there's a separation that took place it's not a cessation of existence and Adam and Eve were separated from the garden anybody remember why God says, took them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat the tree of life and live forever what, what happens what do you call somebody who's dead and lives forever a zombie, yeah. So he he didn't want us to be zombies. So that's very uh, it's a very beneficial thing that he did, right? But as the other end of the meta narrative is what? What's going to happen at the other end of the narrative? It's going to be returned to paradise. What's going to be in the new earth? The tree of life. So we're going to get to eat of it. Fine. So the the old meta narrative of uh, the scripture is an exile, and in us um, in Adam, all of us died. And then a return. And who does the restoration? God. And, and uh, how much help does he get from us? None. None. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just always trying to screw it up, right? But this is the story of the Bible. Uh, now, within that story, you have a substantial number of other exile and return stories. So we've got Adam, and he's exiled. And you've got the second Adam that uh, does the restoration and you got the return of the new heaven and the new earth. I'm just going to say the new earth. New earth is when heaven comes to earth and there's a reuniting. So there's been, a, in, in a sense, a death of the purpose of creation and, and, and it's not a cessation of existence. It's exiled and now it's going to be returned. And we talked about that a lot in our last series. Well, there's a large number of other exile and return stories within this story. Uh, James mentioned one of them, and it is uh, Israel. But there's, 
There's really one that happens before that. What's maybe the next big exile and return story that happens in the Bible chronologically? Well, Noah, how, how would you make Noah an exile and return story? He exiles creation. It's, it's okay. And then he... That's fair. Okay. All right, Jacob. So you got Jacob slash Israel. And Jacob slash Israel lives in the Canaan or, or uh, the promised land. And, and what, where does he exile to? Okay, all right, that, that that's fair. But on the in the when the family gets large, the uh, the big the bigger story is that they they go to Egypt, uh, where Joseph is, and uh, Joseph, of course, is a type of Christ. Uh, Jesus was essentially exiled from the family of of Israel. Right? They rejected him, and yet he's going to be the one that saves them, isn't he? Well, Jacob, I'm sorry, Joseph was exiled from the family. He had a dream where everybody's bowing down to him and pretty well uniformly rejected by the family. And yet, when he goes to Egypt, he's the one that saves them from starvation. This, of course, was prophesied in Genesis when God did the covenant where he has the two torches and he passes through the two torches and essentially does a... Uh, a, a treaty like like you would do between two nations, and normally the uh, both na- the the potentate of both nations would pass through the torches uh, and the sacrifice that's split in half to make this agreement, Not like we would do today, having a big ceremony on TV and they'd ceremonially sign the thing to make a public display. Well, God passes through it all by Himself because in this case He's making a unilateral covenant and. Uh, Part of what he says is, you're going to go and be 400 years in exile. Well, in, in exile, of course, what happens? They become a great nation. So even though the exile is really severe, right? It's not a pleasant thing, this exile. Remember what happened to Abraham when this prophecy of 400 years happens? Remember what happens to him when he's listening to this? You recall? A sense of dread comes on him. It's, just, it's such a horrific thing that's going to happen. And in fact, they're crying out while they're in Egypt because of the oppression that's come upon them. But this is where they become a great nation. And then God brings them out. Okay? Now, um, he, he restores them back into Canaan from which they left. Now, <clears throat> a lot of the Bible centers on this, doesn't it? What, what specific books of the Bible do we have about this particular exile and return? Exodus. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Joshua. And, you know, yeah, Ruth. So th- this is a big story that takes up a lot of the Bible, this particular exile and return. Uh, what's the next substantial exile and return that we see in the scripture yeah there's two that takes place one is the babylonian captivity the other is the assyrian captivity there's a lot of little ones too. and there's a lot of little ones they are yes yeah there's lots of small ones all in there like you were mentioning the moses one Mo- yeah because Mo- moses is exiled from egypt personally goes down to midian for 40 years and then comes back to 
to be elevated to his spot as a deliverer. You know, hey, I'm here. I delivered you. I'm going to kill this guy. You killed this guy. Ah, I got to leave. So, because um, he was rejected. He's a picture of Christ too, right? He's rejected and then recom- returns and restores. Uh, so, we've got we've got actually two big sort of uh, narratives that happen next. Uh, one is uh, Israel. Yeah, Israel goes into captivity to yeah by the Assyrians, and they're still there. And they're part of the diaspora, the general spreading of the Jews throughout all the nations. And this is this is uh, I say they're still there. They're just now beginning to return because in 1948 Israel was reconstituted as a nation after 2,000 years of not being a nation. And they're just now beginning to return. And what the next thing that's going to happen is the 70th week of Daniel is going to take place. And then the whole kingdom will be restored to Israel. Uh, and then within this one, there's the... Because this happened... Anybody remember the date when this happened? When Assyria took uh, Israel? 722. Very good. 722 B.C., is when this date happens. And we're going to kind of lock in on some of these dates here because as we go through this series, I'm going to, I'm, what I'm hoping will happen is uh, this massive amount of information that's in the Bible will start uh, coming together into, a, into more of a concrete structure for you in your head. So then within this, there's a whole other exile and return that happens that's the Babylonian captivity. So Israel goes and they're still kind of a, floating out there. But then you have the Judean captivity, and this actually starts in 605 B.C. and uh, culminates in 586 B.C. And here you have the Judah, and Judah is uh, taken away by the Babylonians, and they stay there for how long? How long do they stay? 70 years. They stay in Babylon 70 years. And then they return. They return to Jerusalem. And they stay there until 70 A.D. And then they join this one. They then merge with uh, the big, the big uh, Assy- uh, Israel captivity to Assyria because they go into the diaspora all throughout the earth as well. Now, this, this exile theme, you know, we've got the... The Exodus theme, we hit a, a large chunk of the Bible from that. Uh, this this uh, Israel going to Assyria and Judah going to Babylon really takes up most of the rest of the, of the Old Testament and, and arguably even the New Testament. Let me just give you a brief overview and then we'll kind of start digging into this a little bit. This is, I'm going to say, a dominant theme in the following books. First and Second Chronicles. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Anybody notice a pattern here? It's all of them, yeah. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, and Zechariah, which means... Malachi is not part of this overall theme, yeah. So it's basically everything, including Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. 
the central uh, theme of those books is this deportation and return. Now, one of the interesting things about prophecy is that these prophets talk about this exile and return. And if they're talking about the Judean exile and return, what do they always mix in with it? They always talk about this ultimate exile and return and going into the kingdom of God. They always mix them all together. And so what we'll do is we'll go and we'll, we'll read one of these Old Testament books and we'll be reading it as, uh, you know, but to you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you know, you'll be great among the nations because in you a ruler is born. We think, oh, that's Jesus. We know about that. Well, it's spoken into a world in which Micah is talking to them about this impending uh, doom that's about to happen and their rest and their uh, restoration. And to the to the Jews at that time, there's like two different events happening, but it's all just kind of talked about uh, intermingled. And in a sense, it is all one big thing because we're all part of this one big Adamic exile and this second Adamic return. Okay. Now, let me just go through uh, briefly the book of First uh, Chronicles. First Chronicles, have you, anybody ever wondered why they bothered to write the whole Kings twice? It's from two different perspectives. I, I always wondered why it's just, I already, I already read that story. You know, why, why do I need to read that story again? Why is it in here twice? Well, First and Second Chronicles is actually a history focusing on Judah, it actually acknowledges, it's not like they lost First and Second Kings or anything. It acknowledges, hey, if you want to read more about this, read in the book of the Kings. But First and Second Chronicles was written after the, uh, uh, after the uh, first Babylonian captivity. And, and, it's, and it's got an overriding theme to uh, retell the history of Judah and answer a really important question. If you were a, a, a captive in Israel, uh, you, had, you, had, you, believe, you grew up believing that you were the chosen people of God, you had been put on the earth to be a holy priestly nation where all the other nations are supposed to look at you, the God of the universe physically dwelt in your temple, and now you had been, your temple had been knocked down and you had been taken to Judah... Uh, what question would you have in your mind? Am I, still who I am. am I still who I am? Yeah, what other question might you have? Why did this happen? Yeah, why, why did this happen? What, what's going on here? What happened to all these promises, right? Well, First and Second Chronicles is written to um, answer those questions. So look, just look at your headings in your Bible and tell me what's going on in First Chronicles. What happens first? What's the very first thing? What's the first chapter about? Their heritage, where does it start? Who's the first person in their lineage? Adam. Okay. Now, if we had a family tree that went all the way back to Adam, that would be pretty cool. I don't know about your family tree. We as Americans, um, I think, have a disadvantage in family tree. because I, This is the way I tell my kids our, our family history. Now, there's these crazy people in northern Scotland that painted themselves blue and fought naked. And uh, the very bottom of those got pushed out, and they went to Ireland. And in Ireland, uh, they were just kind of the, you know, the the scum and mistreated by 
uh, Britain and so forth, and the very bottom of those came to America. And then it came to America, and the Scotch-Irish, actually my relative uh, that came, came under the Bounty Act, the Bounty Act was uh, an act where if you could get somebody crazy enough to live between you and the Indians to, as a protective measure, they would give you 40 acres. So that's how my relative got here. And so the crazy ones of those came and started moving west. And then the ones those that were kind of a criminal element or couldn't find a wife kept going west. And here we are. Uh, so, but not so here. Well, they've, they've got their lineage traced all the way back to Adam. And the question is, this is who you are. And it goes on. Look, so chapter 2 is, is all about genealogy. Chapter 3, the family of David, the family of Solomon, the family of Jeconiah, the family of Judah, the family of Simeon, the family of Reuben, the family of Gad, the family of Manasseh. This is Israel. Family of Levi, family of Issachar. Just to say, hey, you're up there, but don't think that's who. Yeah, you're not Babylonian. You're you're a Jew, okay? You're you're Jewish. Uh, Naphtali, the family of Manasseh, the family of Ephraim, the family of Asher, the family of King Saul, and then you get to chapter nine. And it says, so all Israel was recorded by genealogies, and indeed, they were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. And that's the recurring theme of First and Second Chronicles. Because of their unfaithfulness. This is who you are, and this is why you're here. You're here because of your unfaithfulness. And one of the recurring kind of themes in, uh, uh, when people these days want to talk about philosophy, which tends to be fairly shallow, uh, but one of the recurring themes is, uh, why would God let evil happen? Why would he let evil happen? Why would he let bad things happen to, quote-unquote, good people? Uh, well, you know, this is part of the uber story too it's it's the you know god has done this to the human race because of our unfaithfulness we're in exile so this babylonian captivity is such a central part of the scripture what i want to do is try to put some flesh and bones on it um before I, and I, what I'm going to do is start with the character of Hezekiah. But before I do that, uh, let me just go through some uh, dates here. And let's just make sure we sort of uh, have a framework. And what I'll try to do is just repeat this over and over and over again where it becomes second nature to you. Uh, let's get the uh, kind of overall outline first. The overall outline... Uh, I'm going to say uh, 2,000, 1,500, these are dates, B.C., 1,000, 722, 586, uh, 331, and that's good enough for the big dates, okay? So 2,000, who's the big character 2,000? Abraham, okay? So you've got Abraham is the 2000 character who's the big character in 1500 
Moses, okay? You got about 400 years in Egypt. So you go, Abraham, Moses. Who's the big character in a thousand? You pick one or two. David, okay, Saul or David. So David, Solomon, all these guys. This The kings kind of start in this thousand period. And 722, Cindy said it earlier. This is the Assyrian captivity of Israel. And then 586, the Babylonian captivity of Judah. And 331, I'm added that. It's Alexander the Great is defeated, yeah. Okay, now there's a few other dates I want to throw in here. So this is the big one. You need to really have this in your mind anytime you come to the scripture or you kind of get lost. 2,000 Abraham, 1,500 Moses, 1,000 David or Solomon. Uh, 722, you got the Assyrian captivity of Israel. 586, the Babylonian captivity of Judah. 331, Alexander the Great's defeated. Uh, and the axis of the world begins to shift. Uh, actually, the axis of the world has shifted from east to west. So, um, in, in uh, 2000, you've got basically the book of Genesis uh, all the time before and up to Abraham. Moses, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, you got the period of the Judges or, or, and, and Joshua Judges, Ruth, and then you got the Kings, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Uh, then you've got the the whole Babylonian captivity period, Ezra, Nehemiah, and all of the um, uh, minor prophets that we mentioned, major and minor prophets that we mentioned, uh, in large part. And this is, this is kind of this period where we get most of our, most of our scripture. Uh, Hezekiah is uh, prominent during the period of uh, 715 to 687. That's his, that's his time of his kingdom. So he comes just after the Assyrian captivity. So as you might expect during his reign, Assyria is the great world power. And if you, if you were the southern kingdom, you know Israel is a really small place. It's um, 100 miles long and 50 miles wide or something. And if you're, if you're in the northern kingdom had been deported by Assyria and you're the southern kingdom, what might you be worried about? Yeah, you're next, right? And, and that's what we're going to see in Hezekiah's reign. That's most of what happens with him. So Hezekiah has another son, and this other son is like one of the worst kings that Israel ever has. Anybody remember his name? Manasseh, very good. And then basically after that, you start this whole captivity period. 605 is when the first uh, deportation takes place. Uh, and this is when Daniel goes to uh, Babylon. And I'll, tr- I'll try to get the exact numbers. I'm sure they're all estimates. But the first couple of captivities, there's maybe a thousand people or something go. And I think what's happening is that uh, what we're doing, if we're Babylon, uh, the way all these ancient kingdoms work, they, they weren't really going out trying to, uh, to tear down territory so, because they had an excess population that they're looking to you know, put, put more land. There's... You know, the world is still largely unpopulated. If you've driven across anything anywhere, there's just mostly empty space. Well, back in this point in time, there's really empty space. It's not that they need more territory. It's that they want sources of income. And so the way these guys would work is they would go and say, 
uh, you can either pay us a tribute or we'll kill you. That was kind of the general uh, approach. And so this is this tribute-seeking thing that's going on. And uh, so what we're trying to do here is bring them into our kingdom so we can get the tax. It's an annexation. Has anybody ever noticed, like, cities always want to annex? What do they want to annex? Property that what? That has tax revenue associated with it, right? Well, they're just annexing stuff that has tax revenue. Oh, those guys over there have uh, lush farms. Let's go get them. So when we do this here, what we do is we try to get like the leaders in their society, a a significant number of the leaders to come to Babylon and integrate with them so that they become a part of us and us a part of them. You see how that works? So the first couple of deportations when Daniel comes, the second one is maybe five years later or something, and Ezekiel goes in that one. And then the third one is this 586, and and what happens is that the king um, has made a treaty with Babylon and says, hey... um, I changed my mind, I'm going with Egypt instead. And Nebuchadnezzar decides to make an example of them and comes in and just basically flattens the whole city. Well, in that deportation, there's you know several thousands of people, basically every, most of the people that were left alive go back to Babylon. And that's largely how the Babylonian captivity takes place where most of Israel is now relocated to Babylon. So... Uh, Having this kind of time frame in mind, I think, is an important part of uh, kind of tracking what's going on here as, as this thing unfurls for us. This teaching will continue in the following episode. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening. 